0: Hello, sour friends. It's Moscow here, reminding you that a great way to support the Brewing Network is by shopping on Amazon. Just go to the Brewing Network's homepage and click on the Amazon link and do all your shopping as normal. You won't even know it, but we'll be there in the background, and Amazon gives us a little tiny cut, and boy, does it help keep the lights on around here. You can do it in the U.K., you can do it in Canada, and of course, in the good old U.S. of A. Amazon is a great place to do all your Christmas shopping, and hey, get everyone precisely what they want without having to get up off of your sour brewing butt. Many, many of you do it already, and, of course, for that, we are eternally grateful. Please keep it up, and for those of you that are not yet doing it, please give it a shot. As a matter of fact, set it as your Amazon bookmark, and then you won't even have to remember every time. Thank you in advance, and now, here's the Sour Hour.
1: The Sour Hour is meant for the serious brewer. The Sour Hour may contain some seriously funkified content. The Sour Hour is not for the faint of heart. So exercise some damn discretion, would you please? Sheesh. And now, here's The Sour Hour
2: with Jay Goodwin.
3: Just, Justin's cue is way off Scott you gotta tell me yeah it's like full two seconds early and then he's not even listening so <laughs> should we just should we just sit here then because Justin's retired or I'm, I might get fired actually <laughs> never really thought about that as a possibility <laughs> Until this moment. <laughs> You've
4: been doing a great job, Jay, but uh,
3: we're going to gonna really have to go. let you go. We're going to have to let you go. Yeah. Yeah. We found someone cheaper than zero dollars.
4: <laughs> we haven't even found anybody, but we're just done. We, we're just done.
3: <laughs> Welcome back. It's that time. Back on the Sour Hour, on the Brewing Network. I'm your host, Jay. We're here in Fort Collins, Colorado for the week of GABF at the new uh, Brewing Network Studios here and. Uh, Scott's not on the mic to correct me on what that actually is, but if you go back and listen to the... Uh, I can
0: correct you off mic like, pretty well, too, though. Sorry, sir. Yeah. yeah. Don't act like Yeah,
3: him. Crazy. Yeah, you can escort him out. Yeah, thank you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, plenty of guests tonight. Uh, go back and listen to the last show. We had uh, Lauren and Andy on, familiar... Uh, not, I was going to say faces, but we're on a podcast, so voices and names, and... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to skip a lot of this stuff at the top, so we can just dive in and get to our guests, Ted Peterson and Eric Salazar from the New Belgium Wood Woo-woo! Hello. Welcome <laughs> to And uh, these are a couple of uh, you know very handsome men that I've known for a while, but Did you hear that? Have not been on the show, so uh, I guess before we get into like just information and beers you guys are brewing and what you're passionate about. Give the people some background. I, I, I'm absolutely certain a lot of the listeners of this podcast probably know you two already, but Ted, let's start with you. What's, what's your background? What's your position? How did you come to that place? And who the heck are you as a as a fan? Uh,
4: trying to figure that out, Jay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's see. I don't know how... I'm not going to try to go too into it, but I've been... Uh, I just got back from my five-year anniversary trip to Belgium with New Belgium. Mm -hmm. Um, That was in August, so I've been brewing there for about six years, four of which have been with uh, Eric and Lauren, mostly with the wood cellar. um, These days, I'm kind of doing the ins and outs of the whiskey barrel beers. And Initially, what brought me in um, was a lot of work with... uh, Rehabilitating a lot of really crusty and decrepit fooders, <laughs> uh, which was, uh, you know, super engaging. Um, it seems to come up from time to time at New Belgium as well.
1: Right. Yeah, we're always trying to rehabilitate some old piece of wood. <laughs> I don't mean that in any sort of way. <laughs> I'll just leave
4: that. Yeah. I'll just leave uh, that there. Yeah, so that's it. I brewed at the Fort Collins Brewery for a few years before that, and um, I was involved with the brewing science class at CSU here in Fort Collins, mm-hmm. and that's kind of how I got
1: my foot in the door. And Excellent. What's your official gonna... title? <laughs> What's my official I w- title? I'd like call you Wood Age Beer Specialist. I'll take that. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Just happened right now. <laughs> there it is.
3: <laughs> and, Eric, other than just, you know, handing out titles willy-nilly.
1: That's pretty much my job <laughs> yeah. nowadays. What's, what's, that's why, added, that's added, why I gave Ted a title, so yeah. that I don't have to do much, <laughs> yeah. and I can just hand out titles. There you go.
4: I gave, I have had, like six yeah. unofficial titles yeah. from my yeah. own... <laughs> creation already but uh, (laughs) we'll go with that (laughs) so what's your background
1: uh i you know i've been with new belgium for over 22 years now um over 20 of those years doing the wood beer um early on started with peter um when he came on and decided Peter to start Bukhar. a program Peter Bukhar, yeah. Um and have been working with Lauren ever since and uh, um, brought Ted on four years ago yeah that, that was what we're saying what, in the woods cellar about I think yeah. when
4: we got those 32 yeah. in um, those 32 shooters, yeah. we've
1: been working pretty tight ever since you know uh, um I've always loved working with the wood and always been um, passionate about the sour beer. And I think recently, since it's been the three of us in that room, it's really stepped up. And, you know, there's a whole new excitement for what we do nowadays. And it's gotten much bigger than it ever was. Of course, it's always been getting bigger. But now it's just it feels huge. Right. And uh, um, it really feels like we're. Uh, gaining some momentum, and, you know, I think we've learned more in the past two years than I learned in the first 20 years, right? Wow. But that's just how it goes, you know? There's always something new, and uh, the the bigger it is and the more you do and the, and the more creative you tend to get, then uh, the more there is to learn, so it's been a lot of fun. That's great. Yeah. That's, a, that's, that's kind of amazing just mm-hmm.
3: that, I mean, you have all this experience and that comment that the last two years have been you know that's like uh, what am i thinking the exponential the growth rate curve of exactly. knowledge or whatever however you want to term it um do you do you, you said that's kind of how it is but
1: do, can you attribute that to anything in particular or no i think just i mean we we're very growth oriented right I, and not just new belgium but uh, but the three of us lauren Ted, and myself um and then uh, um the The momentum that we 've been gaining over the years, and of course all of the uh, uh, support that we get not only from New Belgium but the brewing industry right really helps that along so Definitely. yeah it's it 's it's it's going for everybody, I think. You know, with in sour beer and and this specialty wood age stuff that um, is really hard to make. But of course, as you know, is something that people are passionate about when they make it, and they don't necessarily, you know, it's not necessarily going to be a money maker, or it's uh, you you don't even know what you're going to get out of it in a year, right? Absolutely. But you do it anyway because you love it. Yeah. So for sure. You know.
4: I, I would say for me, man, I, <clears throat> as a relative newbie. Um, Every year, every month, there's more and more people doing more and more boundary-pushing stuff. And, you know, last year, Dick, and, Dick Cantwell and Peter came out with Wooden Beer Book, which didn't exist 20 years ago. Um, food craft as America exists. You can actually source a fooder uh, not used and not have to wrestle somebody for it Um, or import it from overseas yeah Yeah. and so I think there's a lot more I think we feel personally I think we feel the general wave you know moving us along as well right Right. but it's the more you do it and Eric and Lauren um, you know almost two decades and so you sparks new creativity
1: um it's something, you know, it's, it, and like you say, it's the general wave moving us along. Right? It's not something that I'd like to be a part of that push as much as possible, but as much yeah. as anybody else, right? And if there's other people we can bring into this wave, great. And if they want to have the commitment to this... Process that you know takes a long time, takes a lot of passion, takes detail, that yet takes patience. I'm more than willing to to help them along with them. You know, I always say high tide raises all ships, right? We're in yeah. this together, right? For sure. Um, it's an art and it's a craft, and. and I like talking about it and I like sharing it and I like I like to see what other people come up with and I, I love it when they succeed and you know I love it when I succeed too I suppose but um, you know we're in this together so and Absolutely. we I yeah. think
4: I'm, I'm not sure how much Lauren got into um, but I, we are not, not much she mostly talked about tacos <laughs> <laughs> that part I heard uh, that sounds right um, but I think as this part of this industry develops, we at New Belgium have more resources, uh, more lab support, more analytical support, and things like this are also, you know, that wave that's pushing us.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So one thing I've always been curious about, and I've been lucky enough to hang out in the wood cellar from time to time, but, you know... You guys have been doing this for a long time. You're killing it on quality. I mean, some of the best sour beers ever. What is it like day to day? I mean, I know your guys' personalities a little bit just from hanging out, but like, even really, yeah, just from like a personal perspective, what are you guys doing every day on a typical week? Let's like, like, you know, go back five, six weeks, or in the future five, six weeks. What are you guys doing? What are you
1: talking about? What are the issues that come up? What do you discuss? I think, first of all, there to say typical day really doesn't exist. <laughs> there's no typical day. I think we, we know what we're going to be doing the next day. But when we walk in, it's you know it's either this or it's that, and it's go time in some sort of different way that we probably didn't expect. So I would say for Ted and I, there's no typical days, right? We... we uh, um, we jump into either um, doing what we do—moving beer, um, taking care of the fooders, taking care of the beer, blending, thinking about uh, what's next, taking care of the small barrels—or um, we're planning. You know, we're we're sitting down with Lauren. We're talking about what's best uh, for moving the beer around. You know, she's she's in charge largely of, of of the liquid inside, right? And we're in charge largely of moving that liquid, and we're in charge of 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 the barrels that that liquid is in right so we all kind of have our parts but we all work together and yeah a typical day i don't know what that
2: is
4: (laughs) (laughs) it's a funny thing man a typical day this morning what did i expect to walk into maybe a mild day of a little bit of small leak mitigation on the the phase two fooders and uh, moving some beer around, cleaning some hoses. We just happened to have an enormous leak spring up, and so I smell like beer. My pants are stained. (laughs) My (laughs) arms are stained. Typical beer. Because this morning was like four hours of how do we get that beer to not be pouring out. Right. And, you know, to stay in that food Otherwise, yeah, you yeah, know. yeah and, and then the second half of the day, we're planning out the rest of the year, talking about what we're doing with barrels and volume and this and that. So,
1: yeah, it's it's fun.
4: Yeah, it's definitely a good yeah. overview. With, with with the on
3: the last show, if you guys out there in podcast land have listened to that one already, uh, Lauren kind of outlined maybe some changes of the. And again I don't wanna to go too corpo term on this, but like, you know, brand differentiation or proliferation like in this in the wood cellar. I think it's just like you got this whole chunk of beer, how do you chop it up into different projects basically? Um, what are you guys specifically passionate about? You something that's come out recently with your new uh, small bottle series, or or not small bottles, a small bottling run series, uh, or something that really kind tiny, of, like we're doing, extreme, like three ounce bottles, you know those, like Listen. novelty tabasco, novelty
1: tabasco, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Things where it's like not even <laughs> airplane up for tabascos, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can bring them on an airplane. <laughs> They're it's it's impossible to cork, man. It's just super rare brand in the butt to cork those. That's a whale. <laughs> Got to buy special equipment. Yeah. Uh, you know, that... that what you, like, What special projects are you guys The cork about? line really has been for the past year something that that we've been focusing hard on. And, and uh, um, you know, it, it, it comes back to Lauren really coming up with these um, super... These brands that can be differentiated from what we've done before that are special to put in these corks. And then for us, it's, it's, a, it's a matter of actually doing the work and, and making sure that that vision is carried through all the way through the bottle. Sure. So it's something that, um, for us, we've been kind of focusing on getting larger and doing a lot of things that are beyond the corks for a long time. Um, but now we're kind of going back to our roots, and that's what feels good for me. It's like going back and, and getting back into that, you know, how we used to do it was small – Runs in cork bottles and paying attention to how good that product is all the way Mm -hmm. till it gets to the bottle, and then even all the way through conditioning and all the way, you know, to your face.
3: Is Um, is there like one specific, maybe not even just beer project, but just ingredient that you are particularly passionate about working on? Again, that something you just executed, or you're thinking, you know what, it's been a long time, I've had this. Thought and now that we're doing smaller projects, I really think if we're not making,
1: you know, hundreds of hectoliters of this. This is what I want to do. Right. Well, we've got a few things coming up that maybe I, I can or can't talk about right now, but um <laughs> oh. <Yeah. Pardon laughs> Where's me. that coming from? <laughs> um, the, but Rockies, there is, the I will store. say I will say this and I, I think I think you know where you're going and let's just lead right into it. Let's talk about the one specific fooder. Oh, that, uh, that we all are really proud of, and something that that it has a great story attached to it. And then, once that beer was in the bottle, and the beer is actually sitting right in front of us, we do have a beer in front of us. Is really awesome, particularly one of my favorite beers we've done thus far in those cork in those new cork bottles. So um, <laughs> Theodore, we should we should talk about that story, uh, Ted. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I think <laughs> um,
4: you guys are talking about. Uh, single fooder Oscar number
1: sixty three. Yeah. <laughs>
2: sixty five.
4: <laughs> uh, no, we have a beer out. Um we were lucky enough to get a footer in from fooder crafters of America out of Missouri, like I was saying. And for me it's a really a balance between, you know, we're kind of new world, old world and what they're doing is kind of the same thing and so um, there, we got some guys. We have an American oak fooder, never been used for wine, never been used for anything. So, a lot of the story has been you get used red wine fooders and then you ate sour beer. And why? Uh, what else did anybody ever put a potable liquid in that um, is an oak? vessels that you can then put beer in, and so for these guys to start making these oak tanks, um, I'm not gonna tell the story, but uh, I'm gonna tell the story. You, you if can, you're not gonna tell the story, I'm gonna tell the story. <laughs> you can make, a, I think it's really cool. So, this beer you can make a is a reference to it's an yeah.
1: Oscar, it's our dark sour. That, um, I think, I think has, what really was exciting about this beer was. Not only the story, which we're going to get to. Don't don't worry about it, Ted. We're going to get to that. <laughs> but, um, um, was the fact that it was in new oak, and you know, and like Ted said, we have our entire history has been used oak and neutral barrels and neutral wood. Um, but this, you know, for the most part, um, was not neutral wood, right? It's 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 fresher. It's you know they steam it, right? Is that that's the process where they they yeah. steam it to to. Become neutral, but we knew we were going to get different profiles out of sure. this barrel, and um, we had high hopes. Um, and when finally it was ready, those high hopes they came to fruition. It was everything we wanted it to be. Where there's vanillins, there's there's these uh, oak profiles that are coming through in this in this beer that say our other Oscar products, buffaloe, whatnot, just don't have right. And this, you know that this first time through this barrel it's going to be this second time a little bit different so on and so forth it's going to change over time so it's really exciting it's really exciting to have this in this bottle right now mm-hmm. um, yeah very good that we're able way. to capture that those those aromas and those flavor profiles and, and really to have this beer that stands apart from everything else that we've done um, it's a new step and it's, it's I mean it's a great place to be it's exciting I love yeah. it yeah
3: Super exciting! And,
1: yeah,
4: that's again we're like cruising on that way. For me, this is it. You get some of that, like coconut and vanilla and stuff like that. But for 13 months in a fresh American oak, it's pretty subdued, um, and it, you can recognize it as Lafleur Oscar, but you can also recognize that it has another layer to it, which
1: I think is cool. Right. So should we talk about the story? <laughs> yes, I believe so.
4: Should we get the mic on Lauren so no. she can talk about it? Yeah. <laughs> Lauren's,
1: Lauren's done. Okay, I'm back.
3: Okay. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> just threw a, threw a pen at Justin because my mic was off. Sorry, Justin. You're getting abused today. <laughs> you did not sign up for this. Do you have a beer? Oh, are you, is that your same beer from Forever? I've
5: been drinking this too.
3: Okay. <laughs> you can drink regular beer. I won't judge you. All right. You guys have been great. I want to get to a couple last questions. But before I do, I want to thank some sponsors. You guys want to do some reads? Sure.
4: Yeah. Powder Milk Biscuits. Yeah. <laughs> or that or the Wine and Hop Shop. Uh, the Wine and Hop Shop. Wineandhop.com. <laughs> it's... Where to get your sour beer, wild yeast, and bacteria from Omega Yeast and Giga Yeast. Most items will ship within 24 hours. And best of all, uh, Brewing Network listeners in the continental United United States States get a flat $8 shipping rate on orders. Under under 25 pounds. Under 25 pounds, exclamation point. Uh, just enter BN Shipping into the notes field on the shopping cart, and the discount will be taken care of, taken off after checkout. The Wine and Hop Shop exclamation point wine and right. Thank you, Harry. I want you to do I dip. <laughs> oh, I dip.
1: I heard this one earlier. Good. Yeah. Still be fresh. <laughs> <laughs> I dip. It's a home or commercial use water testing kit which incorporates a revolutionary photometer. 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 <laughs> a photometer. Photometer. Which is the first and only on the market with its own app. Wow. That's actually that's the pretty first cool. one. Uh, the iDip can perform over forty different water quality tests for things like chloride, calcium hardness, pH, sulfate, and much more. Podcast listeners should enter code. TBN10 and check out at checkout, sorry, and save $10 on either the standard or advanced smart brew testing kit. Order now and make this futuristic technology part of your brewing process. Boom city. Yes. Uh, visit www.smartbrewkit.com. Ooh, I'll take two. I yeah. love when we have in-studio guests. It's wonderful.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so... Last question, famous one for people who have not been on the show before. What is the best way to eat Rocky Mountain oysters
4: tomorrow on Rocky Mountain?
1: Oysters? <laughs> have you guys had it? Have you guys? Had I've one never one? had that. No? No? I'm afraid
4: not. In uh, a beer, Rocky Mountain oysters stout. I think. Really? People make that. Yeah. Really? People, yeah, people make. It. We'll, see, so. we'll see that on the floor tomorrow. That now, is for sure.
1: okay. Okay.
3: Real to last question individual answers (laughs) what do you guys think the biggest mistake in sour beer making is
1: I think not having patience I always tell my my number one advice to everybody who wants to start their own sour beer project or even wood age beer project is patience right just relax a little bit that's what it takes Definitely. read some books have some patience yeah
4: yeah I'll come on the show next week and give you my answer. But uh, <laughs> uh, It's hard for me, man. I think um, we're in a really cool time again of that wave that's like there's books. You're doing this podcast. There's a lot of information that a lot of people can practically use sure. to, to make things better. Um, I think what Eric said, sure. Um, what do you think? I, I would... I think what Eric said is a good is a good one, but I would say for me, I think it 's um, maybe the sensory component, and really being able to understand what you 're tasting, why does it taste like that? Where did it come from stuff like that. So I think we have been really lucky at New Belgium to <clears throat> have a decades-long established um, sensory program that, for me, is on the tops of industry leading. And, um, you know, we train a lot of people to know a lot of different things. And not only uh, this is what this smells like, this is maybe where this came from this is how sure. you could maybe try to avoid it in the future this is you can come back from this if it's diacetyl in a fooder you can't come back from this stuff like that so yeah. I would say it's pretty invaluable to have a trained you know uh, tasting crew
0: yeah like take
1: the
4: that. tasting
0: seriously yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah
4: for sure yeah. Cool.
1: what's yours
3: no, I'm saving okay. that. That's, okay. for my, that's for the last episode of the Sour <laughs> Hour. It's become any day now. The last episode. Justin may fire me. <laughs> yeah, I heard today. you're getting fired, so <laughs> maybe it's – you never know. You might as well just lay it on us. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if I have the last segment, maybe. Eric, Ted, thank you guys so much. Excellent Thanks advice Jay. from two excellent brewers and, thank you, and good people. Appreciate it. Man. We'll uh, let you guys get back to drinking beer and doing whatever crockpot things are going oh, on man. in your Elk personal can, life. Elk I don't ask questions. I, got I don't, I don't ask questions, but I'm just we'll going take for a, a round of hugs. <laughs> we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back on the Sour Hour.
5: Hi, this is Ryan Whedon, the host of a new podcast called Branding Brews. Branding Brews is a show focused on marketing, branding, and design for the beer industry. I have spent over 14 years as a professional designer. As a host, I bring my knowledge to the show to interview other great beer professionals. Whether you're thinking about starting a brewery, already own a brewery, want to learn more about marketing beer, or you're a seasoned veteran, this show is for you. This show will cover topics such as rebranding a brewery, package and label design, crowdfunding, design, social media, plus much more related to promoting and creating a great beer brand. Make sure to check out the show along with useful show notes at brandingbrews.com. You can also subscribe to the Branding Brews podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Again, check us out at brandingbrews.com.
3: Justin and I, our timing is all off. <laughs> that was like another eight beats too early. Yeah. See, now it'd be like,
0: now you come back. Justin, you were such a professional back in the day. I'm telling you. <laughs> 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 <a, on>
3: <laughs> Go on another trip. <laughs> <laughs> on a sunnier note, how about them Rockies? Hey, it's 6-4 now. Come what back, happened? Comeback time. <laughs> Loving it. Here at the studios. It's not a bar. I didn't say that earlier. No,
0: there's just beer here.
3: We're back on the Sour Hour. Uh, You hear Scott back on the uh, the ones and twos, even though I guess ones and twos technically that's Justin, but Scott has a microphone again. Hello. We've also got Gordon Schuck from Funkworks in the house. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, feedback. Before we just pump Gordon for all sorts of great information on how he's making his award-winning beers, I want to thank some more sponsors, including another great brewer, Neshaminy Creek Brewing. Philly Beer Scene, three-time Philly Beer Scene Magazine Bro of the Year, two-time GABF Vienna-style lager Medal owner, a bronze medal for smoke lager as well, and what did I say? You said they're going
0: to take another I- I'm one this year. calling my
3: shot from a brewery where I've actually never had their beer. <laughs> they just sponsored the show, though. I'm saying... They're going to win for Smoke lager on yeah. Saturday. we're well, going to get oh, a
0: chance enough. to try their beer. You know, and, and oh, yeah, we're going to we're going yeah. to find out I'll in a few days night. if if you're right. I will and judge I, it myself. I'm pretty sure you <laughs> have like four digits riding on that bet, right? Oh, or is it not supposed to talk about, about that Yeah,
3: save it for the poker showdown. Okay, all right. Sorry.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> now I've lost my place. Oh, a renovated tasting room with a variety of beer styles from hoppy double IPAs to sessionable and poundable loggers to oak fermented saisons and sour beers free brewery tours on Saturdays they have a new second location opening earlier this year <laughs> check out Neshaminy Bre- Creek Brewing dot com and I'll just do one more listen to the other BN shows everything but the one Justin is most involved sometimes <laughs> half the time that's true, that Gordon. Session. Can you confirm that you've listened to the session and you support what they do?
2: I was a big fan back in was fast <laughs> Back when Justin was a professional, he was a huge fan. Two thousand seven was when I first started listening, and uh, I used to listen from current episodes backwards. So yeah. it was kind of weird going completely back to the start. Um, but yeah, I was a big fan. Co- unfortunately, like professional brewing sucks up a lot of time, so I haven't listened lately, I gotta say. This yeah. is
0: actually something, Justin, you never really thought through, which is that you were going to, like, start this show, all these homebrewers were going to listen, they were all going to turn pro and have no time to listen any longer.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> There's more more professional brewers than homebrewers. Now no. <laughs> no, I feel you know I definitely did the same thing, and, you know, same with uh, the Jamil show and mm-hmm. Bruce Strong and all that stuff, so has been a lot of fun so just like we did in the last segment uh, Ted and Eric uh, we brought him on Gordon you, you and I have known each other for a little while now and I'm very familiar with your amazing beers and I'm certain that a lot of our podcast listeners are as well but maybe for those who aren't Can you tell a little bit about your background and then also just how kind of Funkworks came to be?
2: Uh, So so I started as a home brewer basically. You know, like I said, 2007, two things happened to me. I won uh, a gold medal at National homebrew Competition with the Saison. And I learned about the Brewing Network, you know. (laughs) It was uh, those two things kind of started to give me some confidence that maybe I would want to um, do this professionally. So um, from there, I went to Siebel Institute in uh, Chicago, did that class in 2009, met my business partner, Brad Lincoln. From there, um, I came back to Colorado, tried to find a job, couldn't, and decided, um, well, I started a business plan, uh, got about two sentences in, (laughs) decided I knew nothing about business plans, (laughs) and then... um, from there, you know, I called Brad, and, and I knew he, he was a CPA. He was a vice president of the company before he started going down the uh, the brewery road. And so I called him up to get some advice, and next thing you know, we started working together. And um, He flew out here. We came up with the name. We came up with a, a quick business plan of what we wanted to do and started looking at spaces in Fort Collins. So... Um, Things kind of fell together when the two of us came together, um, and it's worked out really well. He's kind of the business end of things, the stuff that I don't know, and then on the brewing side of things, the stuff that he was never good at to begin with, so (laughs) it works out good.
0: What were you doing professionally in 07 before any of that? What was your gig? I
2: was working, um, so I was really into uh, mountain bike racing, and I worked for a company in Steamboat Springs building titanium mountain bikes nice. so i did um machining welding that kind of stuff um which i basically would plug in my uh, earbuds and just kind of listen to the session as i was working
0: did any of the uh metallurgically
2: stuff help you build a brewery a little bit um you know i don't do any of the welding at the brewery but you know as far as like sourcing some equipment and that kind of stuff um you know i could definitely see you know, good welds versus bad and, and, and that kind of stuff on equipment. Um, most More than anything, my, my background's in electrical engineering, so um, the engineering background has really helped me. Um, you know, at one time I did framing carpentry. I've done just about everything. So all those little, you know, side jobs that I've had have come together as you know, and, and helped me with brewing, so... And
3: what would you say for people who, uh, unfortunately for them, have not had your beer? What is the, I mean, maybe you can imply some things from the name, but what is the kind of beer philosophy of Funkworks, and what are your beers like if you're describing it to someone who's, you know, listening in Maine or Florida or Nebraska who's so, not had your beer?
2: Uh, winning a gold medal with the, with the Saison at National Homebrew Competition.
3: That wasn't your only Saison medal, right?
2: Uh, not, no, the, professionally we've won some medals That's for yeah. sure. So <laughs> so that we knew we kind of want to focus on that off the bat. Um, coming up with a name, you know, we we wanted something that implied you know the industrial process. So the works part was easy. Coming up with something else that went with it was harder. So you know we we threw around a lot of names, and at one point I said, well, you know, Belgian beers are funky, so one, all we call it Funkworks. And we both kind of looked at each other like, eh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> week went by. I talked to him on the phone, and we were like, well, have you come up with anything else? I'm like, no, it's kind of grown on me. So <laughs> um, lack of a better name, that's kind of what we stuck with. But, yeah, we do. Saisons um, is really what we become known for. Right off the bat, we won a couple medals at JBF with it. Um, So the barrel aging side of stuff kind of got pushed um, off on the back burner. Mm -hmm. But our goal was always to kind of do some sour beers, um, Belgian styles, um, and that kind of stuff. The key
0: was changing the O in works to an E. Yeah, that's that was the key. That makes <laughs> funk works. That won the medal. Yes, that's right. It works. It yeah. works. It's a
2: German works. works.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so I want to get into kind of the not ju- not, not just the barrel aged stuff, but I, I really think that saison is a driver of a lot of. American sour beers, so we can even just get into, like, the clean states on par things. But one thing I did want to bring up was just some recent news that came out about uh, a partnership between uh, you guys, and also, I believe, 21st Amendment, and Brooklyn Brewery, and I'll, I'll admit my uh, naivete when it comes to the, uh, you know, I'm, I'm like you, Gordon, uh, so I don't, maybe it's unfair asking you this question, but uh, the business side of things thing is definitely not, like, my forte. But maybe you could just uh, fill us in on, like, what, what has happened uh, to Funkworks in that area mm-hmm. and then kind of what you're excited about for the future.
2: So um, we've always just been owned by me and Brad Lincoln. Um, no investors. Everything was done on our own dime. Um, so after six or seven years of gradually expanding and growing, you know, we kind of came up to this wall where we to exp- basically new everything. Um, we decided, you know, neither of us really wanted to go into multi-million dollar debt, um, so we started kind of putting out feelers for, you know, the possibility of uh, of investment um, from outside. Um, talked to a few breweries, and um, the one that really made the most sense was the Brooklyn um, deal and, and and what they were envisioning, and the reason was. You know, a lot of these deals involved a uh, path of ownership. So there's some in- initial investment, and then they take it over after a certain number of years. Um, neither Brad or I wanted to get out of it of the mm-hmm. business. Yeah. So um, staying in was, was real important. Um, this deal is basically an investment, a minority investment. Me and Brad still have control. We still make um, all the decisions of where we're going as a company. Um, but the real difference with this deal is... There's a partnership for the sales and distribution channels. Right. And, you know, we've never been able to really put salespeople out on, you know, to do, um, you know, into markets that are far away from us. And, um, most of our salespeople just kind of stuck to Colorado because it was our home market, um, which made it really difficult. So um, the deal with Brooklyn Enables everybody to kind of consolidate all the salespeople. Mm-hmm. Um, now you have one salesperson going in selling a portfolio of beers. Um, it 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 simplifies things. We're not competing against each other. Um, and then also the distributors. You know we're going to align our distribution channels. So um, it really makes a lot of sense. And um, Brooklyn has a lot of connections internationally too. So um, initially we're going to try and get our barrelage up to about fifteen thousand barrels. And then from there. For where is it right now? Uh, 6,000 last year. So um, our space is very limiting. So yeah. <laughs> um, that's the, the small goal, which is a drop in the bucket compared to Brooklyn and, and 21st Amendment. But uh, um, I think we, we provide a unique uh, set of beers that neither um, 21st Amendment nor Brooklyn are really uh, known for. So I think it's a good, good mix. What is putting
0: out feelers? mean what does that process look like
2: um well <laughs> there's brokers in the business um people with connections of buyers and you know it's basically getting to know who those people are and, and kind of seeing you know what offers come in as far as that happens
0: so I, yeah. I mean if you're you can speak to someone who's listening who might be like well i have a brewery in nebraska and i'm i can't on my own dime do the expansion that i want to nor do i want to go into debt like mm-hmm. you described what should that person do? I mean, how do you even start that process?
2: Um, I would, I would, you know, look into getting a broker. Um, we use First Beverage. Um, JD, um, shoot, what's his last name? It's be, escapes me. Um, he used to be one of the sales guys at New Belgium, um, one of the head of sales. Um, now works for First Beverage. They're kind of in, in brewing but also other beverages. Um, but they're kind of a... Uh, source of private equity there's uh brokers for deals and that kind of thing and they have the connections i would say uh, you know the other option is to talk to other brewers you know i think every th- this deal kind of aligns three breweries and it was brooklyn who kind of went out and searched for breweries that kind of matched up to their portfolio doesn't mean someone else can't do the same thing uh, there's a lot of other breweries out there who can't afford their own sales staff, and maybe want to um, kind of line with somebody else who has a different portfolio that complements theirs, and then you can kind of both grow together. I think the uh, the Southern Tier uh, deal was kind of along those lines. Victory Southern Tier, yeah.
3: So. And there's a lot of great synergy on the production side. We were talking off the air about you know building out a lab and expanding and all that stuff, and that's that's really exciting for the fans of Funkworks who. You know, are hearing that everything's going to be the same. You guys are driving the the ship. It's just going to be out there more, and there's more of it. And hopefully, you know, we can tackle some of these quality issues that, again, we talk off uh, off here. But that's, that's kind of what I want to transition into a little bit is just, you know, the not, not so much the issues. We can get into those because uh, those are fun. But maybe mm-hmm. starting off on more of a positive note is, you know, I think you have been quite successful in making just a wonderful example of saison how for the you know you you've listened to the brewing network you know you've consumed that knowledge and turned it into great beer how can you help uh, the listeners of the sour hour kind of do the same thing through your experience with the funk saison
2: so help people kind of improve their brewing or? what do you
3: what do you think like let, let's just start at the top like what 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 do you think are the big key cogs in successful saison making
2: uh, you know, I, I think it's, um, I think it's like any other beer, honestly. Um, we are very traditional in the way we do things. Um, you know, I, I've kind of researched a lot of the Belgian breweries and, and kind of, uh, visited and, and seen how they make beer and, and, um, try to incorporate that into the way I make beer because I want to be as authentic as possible. Um, but realistically, it comes down to a lot of basic stuff. You know, um, you know, eliminating DMS in the boil, um, making sure you have healthy yeast, um, you know, pitching the right amount of yeast, oxygen. You know, there's no real magic formula. Mm-hmm. Um, our saison recipe is stupidly simple. Um, it used to be about three malts, one hop, and one yeast. You know. Um, we've kind of expanded. Now we have two hops in there. Ooh, um, going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh,
3: yeah, you know, what about what about taking a few steps back? So I mean, I think that all makes sense. But what was was that? What struck you about researching kind of the the Belgian Saint producers is that maybe as a home brewer, and I think it's natural for a lot of home brewers to have quite elaborate recipes, and oh. Vienna does this, so I need Vienna, and wheat does this, so I need wheat, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I need to use this maltster, but then this other maltster has this character, and I want a little bit of that, and I'm not going to get that otherwise. So you know you end yeah. up with a hundred million ingredients. Uh, was that one of the things that struck you, or like how what got you from the you know point of zero knowledge or little knowledge to? The, the simplicity point
2: um you know just brewing i mean homebrewing yeah. i kind of went the same route you know you, you, when you homebrew you, you start with some easy recipes and then you quickly accelerate to like the most complicated thing you can think of high gravity um and then at some point you start reining things in um and one thing i noticed in, with my own home brewing, it's like sometimes i would just overthink things you know so a lot of times now when I, I make a recipe, I'll start throwing a lot of things in, and then I, I kind of sit on it. And then you start kind of looking at it as a whole, and you start pulling the things out that really don't matter. And then once you've kind of pared it down to the bare essentials, you know, chances are that's going to be uh, a pretty decent recipe. Yeah. I think a, a lot of people kind of overdo it with a lot of things. Um, you know, when we were starting the brewery, we, we tried spicing, um, we tried, you know, various yeasts, multiple yeast strains combined. Um, and then, you know, the recipe we found that was the best was no spices, let one yeast do with the heavy lifting and really um, concentrate on the fermentation. Um, and that's what the, that's the recipe we went with. Awesome.
3: I, I think Saison is such a wonderful base for so many, like, sour beer styles that I think that's really important information to get out there. But speaking of sour beer Maybe give people a little brief overview of your your program. What does it look like? What, what, what's your, what are you passionate about in the realm of sour beer?
2: Uh, you know, I kind of stuck to kind of more traditional kind of sour beers. So the first sour beer we did was our Ode de Brune. Um, and that's a, a beer I would homebrew quite a bit, um, so I kind of knew it. Um, Did you have a, a barrel you were using, or were you doing the souring in a cardboard? No. Um, so with homebrewing, like the homebrewers want to come and en- emulate the barrels. The problem is on a small scale like that, the oxygen ingress is way too much. So after kind of researching that, that out... I found that uh, uh, just an airlock on a glass carboy lets in about as much air as a large barrel of food or fooder. So, you know, what's the point of going in with the barrel? So,
0: well, you overthink it, and then you, you <laughs> exactly. go all the way.
2: <laughs> you know, you want to kind of emulate what the— And then the, you start making hot sauce or cocktails in <laughs> this
0: five-gallon barrel. And Do you have jugs of beer on your parents' basement oh. <laughs> well, That's a shot. That's a shot at was. me. That's a shot at me. <laughs>
3: They might still be there, but that's okay.
2: <laughs> Five years later. <laughs> so on. the so the old burn is like definitely one of a um, uh, the the most of our barrels right now are the old burn. Um, we started doing a kind of lambic style, um, which is a golden uh, golden sour. We're just starting to see some of those barrels um, coming to fruition, and then we we started on a lark to to do a. Uh, a kettle-soured Saison kind of beer, and that's kind of morphed into our provincial line, which is just blown up. Mm -hmm. Um, And
3: I'm I'm particularly curious about that. Do you find any difference in the aromatic quality of your Saison because of the fact that you introduced acid or a higher amount of acid earlier in the kettle sour followed by Saison fermentation? Or, Or is it pretty much just a tart version of the the saison you already make
2: uh it's it's more like a tart version of a of a wit. so there's a lot of wheat in there um we spice a little bit with uh lemon peel um just for the aromatics um but realistically, the, 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 the tartness really overcomes the yeast, you know. And I think that's the, the, the fine line with some saisons that I've tried. People go over the top with the sour, and you lose the saison in there somewhere. Sure. So there's a, a very fine line. If you're going to do a tart saison, you know, don't, don't make it a sour beer. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say um and our, our our regular sour beer or sorry our regular saison and it's, it's just straight saccharomyces there's no souring involved
3: gotcha and, or any britannomyces
2: um we do some with britannomyces our, our flagship does not
3: okay gotcha cool okay. so we talked in the last show uh with andy and lauren about thp we have had it lauren says no she didn't talk about it. She refuses to talk about it. We we've had a you know an email thread between. Uh us, us for about that exact issue.
0: What I was, you didn't see, see me, dude. You forgot somehow. This
3: is before you knew what it was. Actually, no. I've always known, man. <laughs> Something was wrong. I just didn't, I know, just what. didn't know what. <laughs> that's a great. That's actually a great way to describe T H B. But um, do you do you have any other kind of recent? I, I don't know if you're around to hear kind of what we were talking about, but you know, we did express some concern about not not making, like, too big of a deal of it, but, like, I guess, alarmist tones when mm-hmm. it comes to THP, and also that we're very early in this process and just acknowledge that and acknowledge we don't know what we don't know. <laughs> um, but I don't know. what it, I guess just
2: I'll, I'll, so, I'll pose it to you broadly. What, yeah. what are your latest so, thoughts on THP? Well, the first thing I heard of it, you know, I did this... Uh, red beer is going to be great you know it had like all fruity hops and dry hop and all this stuff it was going to be great it was going to be great <laughs> famous last words of <laughs> uh, so um we go to packaging with it and i'm standing there on the bottling line i pull a bottle off and pour a glass and i taste it and i'm like okay i didn't i didn't notice that you know when it was before it hit the bright And then um, pulled a bottle later on to see if it was still there. It was still there even more. So I called up Lauren, and she came down, and she's like, oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't sound like And then uh, (laughs) I think Andy had it over at Big Beers, and... uh, you know, we were all powwowing about it, but um, <laughs> I haven't had it again. And oh, good. I did some, you know, googling, and I came up with one slide from one presentation that showed the amino acid lysine. It showed oxygen as like this trigger, and Lauren had said like the Dre strain seems to be more apt to kind of put it off. So,
3: no. Andy, you might have, you might have said the same thing. Or no, you you or you you guys had experience with that, and yeah. then you maybe did or did not have the dre being related or more related than other bread strains. Inconclusive? Yeah. Yeah. Ninety five percent of our of
5: beers with sold.
3: That ginger sorry, before Right. Yeah. So I think that's true. Yeah. So so Andy. You know, as experienced with this strain, inconclusive at best, I would mm. say. Inconclusive, not certain in any way, Lauren compl- disagrees with Andy furiously, and they're going to fight. <laughs> it, <you know>? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Lauren, just, just she's kidding. giving him the stink eye. Just kidding. <laughs> you know, but but that's like. Yeah, you, you know, you have to just be comfortable. I mean, we're comfortable having these conversations together, but we do need to be careful. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, on the podcast, because I, you know, I found this sometimes things I say, uh, you know, really linger with people. And I didn't really, like. I don't know. I, I don't know how many words I've said on this podcast, but it's a lot. They linger <laughs> like THP. <laughs> they linger like THP. And uh, you know, I'm like, man, I. Yeah, it's just tough. You have have to caveat everything. You have to couch your words and be careful. But I think speculation is kind of still part of this podcast, though. You know, it's an important part where it's like we don't we don't. We're not giving out answers right now. Mm-hmm. We're saying this can be a call to arms without being an alarmist. Yeah.
0: yeah. What about the the beer? So you said that was in the bottle, the one you tasted it in. Yeah. So did it did it go away?
2: Yeah. So Andy wanted um, some bottles for me because you know he really wanted to figure this out. And unfortunately, like a few months later, when I finally got on the bottle, <laughs> it kind of subsided. Like Unfo- it was still you, there, but but you said lower. unfortunately, yeah. but really <laughs> unfortunately for him, yeah. Yeah. It's good for us, you know, but. Um, yeah, so I, you know, I don't know if lysine, um, the amino acid, is, is has to be there in, in, in large amounts. The beer we had um, had a lot of raw oats in it. Supposedly, oats are higher in lysine. Um,
3: Maybe something with the, the dry
2: hop introducing oxygen. Oxygen there. Maybe it was a transfer to bright um, introducing oxygen. But we've, we've been very did careful. Did you keg? Did you keg any of that? Um probably did yeah and do you remember it, it was it was both bottle it, and uh, it was both Okay, oh, yeah interesting yeah so we've been very careful um I've avoided oats in uh our our bread beers try to avoid oxygen like the plague yeah um nice. And I've actually avoided the bread strain, and, and we haven't had it again. So well, it may a be a shift. combination. A we may have been lucky, for all I know. So anecdotal evidence. Yeah, and I, but so. but
3: you have that you have that caveat there. Yeah. So I think that's um, good. You're not saying don't use oats.
2: You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we've it we could continue to maybe use oats. maybe not.
3: Yeah, don't lysine
2: use, is is present in other grains, but lower sure. amounts. And sure. That's that's. Is what it is.
0: Jay, I, do you know the off flavor we're talking about here? THP. Just us, Do you, audience. You guys know what we're talking about? THP. Are you guys familiar with the soft flavor? It's uh, not THC. That's much better. <laughs> <laughs> we are in Colorado. It, it happens. Is it? It's really. It's only sour beer, isn't it? i only Tasted. Only experienced it, it. I wonder if yeah. non-sour Brett beer experiences THP. Yes. yes. Brett. Yeah. Andy's saying yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, you after you swallow non-sour. the beer, it kind of tastes cereally. It's really unpleasant. It seems to have come up just in the last five minutes of yeah. beer
3: making yeah keep listening if you want to ruin like a lot of beer <laughs> yeah later. totally the stuff <laughs> not, you probably that already that you're drinking enjoy. here tonight yeah oh, in, Jay has commentary on it you probably hate this stuff by the way, uh, Scott is referring to uh, Justin Crossley, who Thank is you. a uh, former producer on some shows on the Brewing Network.
5: As a producer of this show today, <laughs> I would like to. And you're take doing a, a great job, by the way. Thank you. Don't I, fire me. I just want to make a quick <laughs> observation uh, as as an outside listener, um, and I can understand your goals of the conversation and and your. The goals you don't have about the conversation. Sure. And I'm also watching Lauren uh, react carefully throughout <laughs> the conversation. <laughs> You are creating an alarmist environment to this to this compound. We are failing. in. I'm, ta- I'm just here to tell you that because it was my understanding that you were concerned about that. And it just in the past two shows, I'm telling you that you're
3: creating an alarmist environment. I,
5: I am now concerned. Wait, no, no, I actually, and I don't even know what the goddamn thing is. I
3: think, I think confusion creates uncertainty. Which creates anxiety. I don't think that necessarily has to be alarmist. Yeah. You can be, if you're listening and you don't know what the F we're talking about. Yeah. You can learn about it. If you can't taste it, I think a lot of beer tasters get insecure about like, oh, I can't taste this off flavor. Listen, there's pros here tonight who cannot taste certain off flavors and I'm one of them. So don't worry if you don't know what we're talking about. Really what we're talking about is there are underlying good things you can be doing in your brewing practices like avoiding oxygen i really believe that that's just something you should do across the board no matter what and it fits into this THP thing as well but really i think more of an alarmist thing is like 80% of sour beers have THP and like i understand that that's your like
5: that. feeling but you're wrong
3: yeah. you're fired
5: and here and i'm going to tell you why because the, the point that you made earlier about how people will hang on, on certain words that you, you didn't even know
3: oh, yeah. maybe oh, that yeah. they
5: would, and I've been experiencing that for, for 13 years, yeah. uh, where oh, I, really I, I might have said something just, just in passing or, or had a brief conversation with somebody uh, like Gordon, and before I know it, it, it spreads like, like wildfire. So I just – and as I'm watching this take place – I'm just concerned that you guys are taking something that is out of the public awareness and placing it in the general public awareness of people. Uh, uh, I think, again, I'm just interpreting your intentions. We'll fight Uh, later. (laughs) I think you're creating an alarmist environment about this compound.
3: It could be. But I, but I think you, thank you, Justin, uh, you bringing this up actually has somewhat diffused that. So thank you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we but should yeah, also but, say we're, we're, as members of the media, yeah. I'm doing the air quotes, fear-mongering is part hey, of the deal. Job. Yeah. <laughs> you asked me for ratings. Yeah. <laughs> right. I deliver ratings.
3: <laughs> all right. Gordon. Thanks so much sure, for joining no us. Great discussion. I got to get you out of here on this last question, which I'm just going to say is brought to us by SourBeerBlog.com, the longest-running sponsor of the Sour Hour. And now they're opening a sour and farmhouse-focused brewery in Central Pennsylvania. Help them get started. Join the Founders Club. Eight exclusive bottles of club-only aged and blended sour beer. Early access to all of their public bottle releases. A zipped hooded sweatshirt. Tastes yes. Club Growler, famous, infamous Metal Challenge coin. Discounts, much more. Learn more. Join the Founders Club, Mellow Mink Brewing, Mellow Gordon, what is the biggest mistake in sour beer making?
2: The biggest mistake? Um... I'll, be, I'll be an alarm, a THP alarm everywhere.
3: <laughs> Justin, you'll have your own episode. We'll bring you on, talented
2: sour brewer that you are. Uh, gosh, boy, I don't know. Um, maybe uh, assuming that, you know, it's sour beer, you, you don't have to maintain sanitation or something. Nice. You know, I think people kind of have a lowered level of... Uh, they lower their guard with sour beers a little bit,
3: the nomenclature can feed into that sometimes too, mm-hmm. with uh, not to say anything bad about describing a beer as wild or funky, um, funky. Yeah. Uh, our friends this is, seriously i 'm not saying anything bad. Our friends of society call their uh, sour beers feral, which I think that I, I like that, but I just think there 's a part of that that feeds into like a small, very small percentage of people hear that and they 're like. Oh, anything yeah, goes free for all. kind of thing. Yeah. Or even, even spontaneous, if you want to sure. you know, take that literally.
0: Yeah, just leave it open to the air and walk away. Yeah, whatever. What the funk, you know?
3: And <laughs> 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 you know, that's excellent advice. All right, Gordon, we've taken up a lot of your time, and we've... Tried to squeeze as much of the sponge <laughs> of your brain out as we could. I think In a short it's amount done. Of time. I think that's <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> Might need some more beer, but thanks so much for joining us. Sure, we really appreciate Thank it. Thank you for having it. me on. Yeah, thanks for oh, coming of on. Of course, We've want to do this for a long time, so we appreciate it. Awesome, cool. All right, we'll, uh, we'll be come back ba- to wrap it up. We'll come back for a wrap-up segment. We'll be right back on the Sour Hour. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanisha, and I love a bold,
5: hoppy beer, one that spits resin in your face and makes you cry, Uncle. There are a lot of great hoppy beers out there, but at Heretic, we want to make something as bold, dank, and resiny as possible. We use hops at every chance we get, including multiple dry hop additions. The result is Heretic Evil Cousin. This light golden, 8% Imperial IPA has an easy malt character that helps take the edge off the massive of bittering, but it takes a back seat to the in-your-face hop character. We make sure this beer finishes dry so the hops can jump out and slam me in the taste buds. If you can't get enough hoppy goodness, Evil Cousin is your cup of tea. Cheers.
0: Great job, Justin. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> See, I've really perfected the point. You're you're, you're, you guys'
3: timing is totally different. Yeah. Like, the, the feel Justin feels on the groove of the music is, like, a whole 8 to 16 bars earlier than yeah. yours. And it's like, I can tell. Like, And I'm just like, wait, did you just point at me?
0: Like, what? That seems early. Well, and not only is Justin a former radio professional, he's a former musician, too. So, yep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there, it's better. I'm sure I need to take lessons. <laughs> you're you're a lot of former. What are you current? Unclear. <laughs> Unclear.
1: <laughs> Currently <laughs> sitting
3: right there <laughs> in front of three computers. Well, you're doing great. It's quite love, a setup. I love you, man, and uh, proud of you guys. What you've done here in Fort Collins. Just it's it's been amazing, and uh, tonight's been a whole lot of fun to have the friends here, and uh, you know it's. Um, it's not, hard, it's not easy to get away during uh, GABF, but uh, when you guys invited us up here to do this, it was uh, it was a no-brainer, you know. It was, it's an honor to be up here, and uh, man, this place looks awesome. Thanks, Bra- dude. I'm really proud of you guys. We're glad to have you. Thanks, man. And, you know, going Me back to what like. Gordon was saying and, you know, listening to the, the, all, all the old sessions and stuff like that. I mean, I mean, I remember being on, like... Family vacations listening to like every episode of uh, the Jamil show when I should be like enjoying myself. <laughs> Except I was.
0: Jay, we're playing Parcheesi in the living room. Jay?
3: A little more exotic than that, but like, no, like, go, go, like going out in like a, a like city we travel to instead. I'm just like, yeah, I'll go out, I'll walk around, pop in Brewing Network. And uh, I mean, it's not an understatement that you guys have bred a whole new generation of brewers and. It's great to have a home for that in uh, Fort Collins as well.
1: I know there's a lot of
3: fans of you guys up here as well. Appreciate that. All right. Uh, a couple of other... No, that bullshit's over.
0: Boiler boilerplate compliments.
3: I want to predict what things I didn't say earlier in the sponsors, but you might, you might need to double-check this one because I didn't have a, a pen or it, I lost it. So I'm going to say that I didn't do... Are, I, I didn't say this earlier. What I meant to say was organ fruit. I love ah, them. Yes. Yeah, they have products. They're organ fruit products. What they happen to be is aseptic purees. They're really easy to use. Actually, convenient to store.
0: No additives. Decent expression of the raw fruit, right?
3: You would think so, except they have artificial flavors. Oh, no, wait. They don't. No, no. There's no artificial flavors. All natural. And they're a great expression of the raw
0: fruit. Uh,
3: They love working with brewers like me and you, if you're listening to this. So check them out. Fruitforbrewing.com. Oregon fruit. They bring fruit to life. And go back and listen to that episode that they came on. Very interesting uh, business kind of genesis. I mean, they have... I I think maybe a lot of people don't know, they've seen Oregon fruit tons of times if they've been in a grocery store. Yeah. Their their cans are used in pie making, like, for the last 25 years. Yeah, pie filling. And it's a different product from what they make now, but they've just been in, like, the fruit sourcing and processing game for a long time. And, you know, I think the... Not demographics, but the, the whatever sales figures started to change a little bit. And they're like, oh, uh, you know, food producers, beverage producers, brewers, wine makers, whatever it might be, are really interested in doing this stuff. And uh, they started to transition and move their equipment over there. And it was really, uh, a really interesting podcast. Just from like a, I don't think that applied to like, Sour beer, or like maybe a little bit of like the business, a little bit, but it's just it is a new story that we don't really get along the podcast, and uh, so go back and uh, listen to that episode. That was yeah. probably about a year and a half ago or so. I think it was. Chris it came was less. It was,
0: it was it was last year, sometime in 2016. Chris. Be a little
3: over a year. Okay, yeah, Chris. maybe
0: you're right, Chris. And actually, you know, they'll be uh, Justin on the session uh, next month. They're going to oh. do a little segment on the session. Uh, and so, yeah, you, we'll do uh, fr- fruit editions and brewing. And like Jay's saying, I mean, that's what they're, they're specializing in these days. If We're, you with must listen to the session one time. <laughs> that's the one.
3: Just don't. No, I, <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead and listen to that one. And I'm uh, pretty sure we didn't do uh, this thought that I had in my head where I was just thinking... You know what? Have you ever seen
0: what the free Brew Guru app can do for you? Jay, I've seen it so many times. Okay, well, I. Because it's a great app and uh, I use it. Oh, oh, I won't read it. Yeah. No need. <laughs> Everyone listening is already using it anyway.
3: But if you are the 0.1% who are not, let me just tell you Brew Guru, you can. Effortlessly. Boom. Find deals and save money on beer, food, and brewing supplies. You can level up your brew IQ with hand-picked articles, proven recipes, and trusted resources from the American Homebrewers Association and Zymurgy Magazine. You can also use the pra- powerful brewery locator to find nearby breweries, tap rooms, beer bars, which we are not in right now. <laughs> homebrew- we're in a studio. Uh-huh. Homebrew supply shops, brew pubs, more. Wherever you are, Brew Guru will lead you the good beer. Get the app today and follow the path to beer enlightenment. It's free for iPhone, iPad, and Android devices. Learn more at homebrewersassociation.org. But seriously, quick note for the producer later. Uh, I might have skipped something in there okay. because I did not have my pen. So I'll
0: work my magic. I, I was just guessing that that was yeah. That was it. Moscow Boys Yeah. Yeah. Hi, I'm Jay Goodwin. You know what you're like, Jay. You're like uh, you're like the steward on the airplane. Where like, yeah, everyone already knows how to use the seatbelt, but you gotta say it because maybe someone doesn't know, or you, you just gotta do it. Everyone's using Brew Guru from American Homebrew. Oh, I see what
3: you're saying. But you I think you you meant gotta, about reminding you to check and see if I screwed up. It's oh, like, yeah, duh, I'm gonna do that. That too. <laughs> you know, I always thought uh, I would really like in an alternate in an alternate universe that is my job. I am. A is it stewardess or flight attendant? Is that the proper term? Stewardess, flight attendant. I, I don't feel think like. that's
0: right. No, Justin says flight attendant.
3: Well, if I'm a no, man, if I'm a stewardess. man,
0: it's like waitress and stewardess, right? Yeah. Well,
3: then I'd be a steward, I guess. <laughs> but you just you just want to remove the gender part, so I'll go flight attendant. And sorry if that's wrong, but I really it appealed to me the idea that you would get a you could like you, you, you guys fly Southwest. And they're sometimes they're, f- they're funny. They do funny stuff. They have, like, basically a comedy routine yes. to go through when they do the announcements. Yes. I think I think sometimes they're pretty funny.
0: It's like, don't they play the video of the, like... Uh, l- oh, That's not South? Oh, oh, or is it Virgin? Or are you, are you not? Yeah, yeah. In any case, yes, they do a comedy routine.
3: Yeah, so that appeals to me because, not that I'm, like, funny at all or want to be a stand-up comic, but it's like, uh, you try out the joke, you've got... 40, 50 people there. See how it goes. In two hours, you're going to have another shot. Exact yeah. same shot. Yeah. New audience. Same. Like, I mean, maybe you play a little bit to the location and that'd be smart too, but I find that very intriguing. Like you're develop you're getting better, a little bit better each time. And what's the big deal? Like, Oh, you're never going to see them again, but you're just like throwing out the jokes. Yeah. I think I could become the funniest flight attendant of all time. I think you could too. And I'm not—I don't have a funny bone in my butt, except for the one that's already in there. <laughs> that thing that you uh, bang Chase against the, his elbow. the thing. See, that would be a good example of what I do in the first run, and right. I and would then we'll, throw that away <laughs> when that bombs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there, you know, there might be a kernel of something there. So I'm like, you know, during the flight, I'm writing shit down, and they're like, "Can I get a moist towel?" out? I'm like. Fuck off. I'm writing my jokes.
0: <laughs> Can we do a beer? Anyway, let's question? do some questions? Yeah, <laughs> please. I want to go drink more beer. So let's do uh, let's keep it easy. This is kind of a simple one. From Christian. Christian writes in, Hi Jay. I listen to the last show. Uh, the first half, barrel care, and I am left wondering with a question. <laughs> it's good. I'll show it to you in my- He says, uh, how... Might be a
3: second language, Scott. You're laughing.
0: Yeah, oh, I'm- <laughs> you're right. Not that Justin hasn't done that. You're so right that I, I can't... I really do admire people who speak other languages because I'm, I'm making fun of poor Christian yeah, here, we're, but I can't... We're a real piece The fact of that shit. he's writing in another yeah. language. Okay, unless it's his first language, in which case my making fun of stands. But he says, how does a home brewer, a home brew club, or a small brewery best clean a barrel without steam or ozone? Like, what do you just do if you have no equipment? So... The first
3: thing that comes to mind is chemical. If you're saying no heat, no ozone, then chemical. We detail that extensively in the early shows why I don't like that. So, like, sulfur-based chemicals, potassiumated by sulfite and citric acid solutions. I'm trying to get away from that. Lauren's looking at me like they're bad. So, if you're going to keep an oak barrel and you don't have steam, you don't have ozone... Like chemical. keep it filled or chemical right lauren will Lauren will wa- now walk She's over here kid. so Lauren' saying what I was just saying, which I predicted she would say, which is citric acid potassiumated by sulfide and oh. citric acid. We were using winery rates, and I think New Belgium was going like one tenth of that, and even but even then, we switched down to that. We could still pick it up in sensory, which, so basically it's just like, really, if you don't have steam, ozone, which is super expensive, so I know, but actually you can like really jerry-rig a steam operation.
0: Yeah, they don't even, yeah, she's saying they don't use barrels even, they use food or... Chabra, cha. Uh, so what should Christian do? You know what you should do?
3: Go on to our friend Brandon Jones's blog, Embrace the Funk, because I believe Or just Google what I'm saying right now, which is that there's, like, a little thing where you can do, like, a uh, pressure cooker. And in the, like, steam out, you can have a tube and then just run it into an oak barrel. And that's steaming. Like, it doesn't have to be this huge, expensive machine. I know he's talking about, like, he said for... Uh, homebrewers and small brewers and...
0: Yeah, homebrew club. They probably have a club. barrel of this homebrew club.
3: Homebrew club. You know what? Go to the local brewery and ask them to fill it up with their hot liquor tank. It's probably filled with 190-degree water. A great idea. Yeah, two BBL of it. It's going to kill everything in there. But you just got to dump it before it gets down to, like, the 140-degree range. So, you know, you, so you can start with the hot, hot water, and you think, oh, everything's dead. But then if you let the water just come down, down, right. and down... You know, it gets into that, like, sure. mold zone range. Yep, so get the water out of there quickly. And it's going to hang out in there for a little bit, yeah. and you don't want it in there. So sure. you're just, like, you empty it out. So you can let it get down to, like, 145 or whatever, but then empty it out, then fill it with cold water to skip that whole thing. Maybe it's down to, like, 90 degrees in there, 80 degrees in there. You've skipped the kind of bacteria range. Or at least if you were there for a little bit, it's not long enough to, like, get some growth and just keep it... Filled. That's that's the key. Keep it filled.
0: There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, I, we're over time and let's go. Are we overtime?
3: Let's uh, let's go one more show for Justin. <laughs> yeah,
0: let's get okay. Justin. On the all right. Show. show break, and then five <laughs> minutes next show, Justin. Yeah, it's good, it's good. Do you want me to say just stay sour? But yeah, the, the the song is going now. Thank our guests. Be a host.
3: But it's it's all timed out, like in the different thing. For
0: God's sake,
3: Jay. <laughs> 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 Jay, Justin's freaking out over there. Please, please. Thank you to our guests. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to the Brewing Network studio satellite location in Fort Collins. And mostly, thank you to my best friend in the world, Justin Crossley. Let's give him a round of applause. Former professional, Justin Until next time, stay sour.
5: I understand that that's your feeling, but you're wrong.